Welcome to Feliz Navi Pod. My name is Tony Thaxton. With me, as always, is Todd Cooper. Blah humbudge. Welcome to Feliz Navi Pod. You waited on. You waited for me to say your whole name. I'm that a time. polite gentleman. For the trademark that's been sweeping the nation for two years, three coming years? on two, three years now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Blah humbudge. That's what everyone's saying. We've sold upwards of two t-shirts. <laughs> People love that merch. Oh yeah. Yeah, they can't wait to get that merch. We have a Blah Humbug shirt for real, right? There's two of them, yeah. Oh no, yeah. They've actually they've, 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 they've sold more yeah, at least three. They move. Oh yeah. Yeah. On sale. Vigil- yeah, we don't mention the merch enough. Yeah, that's I mean, we'll get it, get it out right a, up just top. Open with an hard ad. a hard sell. That's what the people want. Mhm. Sell me something. Mhm. Yeah. But uh, here we are. We're getting closer and closer to the time, Todd. Your favorite time. Uh, it's my least favorite time of the year. And that's also my favorite song. <laughs> it's my least favorite time. Uh, yeah, I'm not a Christmas fan. Uh, I It happens and I'm fine with it. And then I'm ready for it to be over when it ends. Everyone knows this already. You've said this enough. I'm trying. I'm trying. I thought maybe I could turn you. Because I thought I was going to get sick. of. I thought maybe when I started doing this that I would make myself sick of Christmas. Uh-huh. It's It's been the opposite. Really? It's yeah. worked it up inside of you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like it even more now. I, I've... I, you know, it might have turned up a little in me. But it's like right. forced forced me to deal with it <laughs> year round. <laughs> the only way to really love Christmas is to deal with it weekly for a year. Exactly. Yeah, well, hey, we way. we took a long break, and now yeah. look, we're fresh and spring-eared. <laughs> what is that? Spring-eared. <laughs> spring-eared, that's yep. an expression, right? A couple of spring-eared boys. A couple of spring-eared boys. Yeah. I'm just going to say what you say. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> good. Someone's at the door. Oh. Let's see who it is. Mark Evan Jackson. Hi. Well, I was expecting like a creaky door noise. Well, oh, <laughs> you clear. Turn turn up your. Uh, you oh, need okay. some hearing aids or something because oh, right. it was there. There's stuff that we get in post. 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 Hi, you guys. Hi. Hey. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thank you so much. And with you. Um, but, do you really hate Christmas? I'm not. I I don't care about it's just it. Like, uh, okay. Yeah. This is not some character affectation. This is not some uh, uh, us versus them. Some. This is not just me just selling t-shirts okay. here. This is yeah. Selling upwards of two. <laughs> upwards of two. Interesting. Two t-shirts. Yeah. Are you just is... outside listening to us the mm-hmm, whole time? Mm-hmm, How do you mm-hmm. know all this? Yeah. yeah. Um, you need a storm door. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. For well, yeah. Well, you never know when who's who's listening. Sometimes a lot of our podcast guests are, are listeners are just people who stand outside the door. That's part of it. Yeah. You probably came through a crowd. You should move. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of talent scouts wait out there, too. Mm-hmm. The podcast mm-hmm. talent scouts, yeah. Um, how long of a break have you taken with this show? Uh, I think we uh, we t- we had been going strong for a long time, and then we took a break around like April or May, I think, okay. and then we just started back up a it few It had weeks been back. a year-round Christmas podcast. It had it, been. It had. And me. which of you thought that was a good idea? <laughs> That's all me, baby. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. Uh-huh. Well, um, the thing was, I initially started it around Christmas time, and I just had fun doing it, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep going. 
Um, and why? Why? <laughs> if you um, were if you were to make a chart that showed our listenership, uh, where do you think it would be? Say around May or June. Um, look, man, there's a whole city in Michigan uh, called Frankenmuth, which is year round dedicated to Christmas. Really, um, they, I was unaware of they this. They do like look at this fried chicken or, or roasted chicken, and there's a store called Bronner's that sells Christmas stuff all year long. Oh, there's a place at the Greenbrier in West Virginia too that's like the Christmas shop that is open all year long. Coming from Virginia Beach, Virginia, that is part like at the, at the strip down at the beach. There is a all year Christmas, multiple all year Christmas round stores. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a beach thing. I don't know why. Like in a beach town, you're you're thinking Christmas, but that is. I know there's I mean, a Santa Claus, Indiana, as well. Is oh, that a I've place? Heard, yeah, it's an actual. It's an actual city wow. in Indiana. Never been, but I um, know it exists. Now your listeners know this, but I don't uh, care about them. Uh, <laughs> why? Like, what is your uh, uh, your gravitational draw to Christmas? I just, I it's, I don't even know that I can. Uh, I mean, well, are you crying? Look, 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 <laughs> look around the room. I'm an adult man with lots of toys There's and, a lot of, and there are things like that. More than one curio cabinet filled with, um, I'm not sure what. <laughs> and I think small, colorful, presumably expensive <laughs> collectibles. And so I think yeah, I just, I just, it's one of those things from childhood that I've just never uh, fully gotten over. Interesting. Maybe. Okay, and I just, I just love it. I've loved it since I was a kid, and I, I still do. That's great. So back off, man. Hey, man. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dig in, baby. <laughs> uh, so, um, I, well, we're kind of talking Christmas right on the right off the bat here. We need. I don't, I don't mean this is your am I, show. Am I blowing the format, Tony? Well, what? I mean, I think you know our listeners are very intelligent. Yeah, they they're... they know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, they like a, a strict twenty at each section. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're raving about the new format. Oh yeah, that they're all talking about. Yeah, so we we used to so we did. It started like a Christmas year on Christmas, and then it just got to be where people come on, and at the end they'd go. Are we going to talk about Christmas ever? Oh, nice! Yeah, like so. There was a while where it was just our uh, a real dick our around name, but uh, yeah, this year we decided come back around Christmas, do some 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 Christmas apps, and then we've been doing some Patreon episodes uh, all year round. I don't know what that means. Do you, the Patreon? <laughs> are you familiar with the Patreon? Uh, is that a Indiegogo kind of thing for Correct. artists? Yeah, kind of, okay. sort of. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. a, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm, but when you say we are doing some Patreon episodes, tell me what that means. Uh, we do um, so people pay to have like a, a monthly or a weekly podcast that comes out. That's bonus just episodes. For, oh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, bonus. Yes. Ep- that's the right way to say people bonus like episodes. Extra content. They, they do. do. Yeah, and, and you when, know because you have a podcast. I do. That is fucking phenomenal. Oh, thank you very much. Jeez, dude. What I Blacker kept telling me, he was like. Hey, if you haven't started listening to Mark's podcast, listen to Mark's podcast because I'd watch The Good Place, also mm. a show that you are on, and mm-hmm. also phenomenal. Huge fans at this house. Oh, thank you. And uh, so he was like, "You got to start listening." And when I started, I went through the whole damn thing. <laughs> um, it's the it's so good. You're so good at it. Thank you. It's really fun. It um it came out of nowhere. Um, I uh, I am on the show. I recur on the show as a as a character named Sean, and uh, they called. After we'd wrapped season two, um, the executive producer called and said, um, NBC wants to do a podcast about The Good Place. Uh, we don't really want to do it. Uh, <laughs> we told them no unless you would do it. And I was like, okay. Um, 
And it uh, at first I thought it was going to be like, oh, I'll just uh, you know watch these episodes of of a show I love and then talk with my friends about TV. Um, it's way more work than I thought it was I going bet. to be. Um, and I have a producer and an editor and stuff. Like I I don't have to book all the guests or whatever. Um, so they they take a lot of the work out of it. But just you know. Like, it's a fairly dense show. If you haven't watched The Good Place on NBC, Thursdays, 8.37.30 Central, <laughs> um, please do check it out. It's a, it's a really special uh, television show. It is, um, I've described it as the smartest, dumbest show on television. Yeah. Um, because it's both. Like, yep. it's, mm-hmm. it's high-level philosophy and, and, you know, existential questions and fart jokes, often in the same line of dialogue. <laughs> um, and it stars Ted Danson, America's sweetheart Ted Danson, and America's other sweetheart Kristen Bell. And it's um, it's uh, if you haven't seen it, Google nothing. Don't look into yeah. anything. Yep, just, just go mm-hmm. just go check it out. It's on Netflix, I think, on uh, seasons one and two, and it's worth it. Um, and I hope that you enjoy it. Don't talk to anybody about it because there are uh, exciting surprises tucked in here and there. Yeah, um, but yeah, check it out. Uh, hosting a podcast is, has been really fun. I have a little bit of a background in it. I um, I worked for National Public Radio affiliates in the mid nineties. Uh, initially as a producer, initially as like the dude uh, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Saturdays and 6 a.m. to noon on Sundays uh, on WGVU AM and FM that would come on and say, uh, you're tuned to 1480 AM and 88.5 FM WGVU. The time is one o'clock. That um, makes sense for you. Like, mm-hmm. that's, yeah, I would do time and temperature I, yeah. and legal IDs and stuff, uh, read underwriter credits and liners and stuff. Um that was back in my you know mid twenties when I was working seven days a week and uh, and like I had a normal job and then I would do that Saturday mornings from six to ten yeah. Sunday morning six to noon. We're not squeezing another. Oh, I, I'm just free another, from six to ten. Just another quick job. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I became the producer of a call in a three hour per day call in talk show Monday through Friday, and then they fired the host of that at one point and I became the host of that. Wow, really? I hosted an uh, an interfaith dialogue. I created an interfaith dialogue program that I think may still be going called Common Threads and Interfaith Dialogue, um, which was fun and challenging because Grand Rapids, Michigan at that point and still is a fairly conservative uh, Protestant Christian area. So to talk, you know, to give airtime and credence to uh, to other faiths was... Uh, like not at all times welcomed. <laughs> um, it seems like more and more though, like I feel like Grand Rapids has become sort of, uh, I feel like there's a large Islamic community there now. Or maybe, I don't true? know. I don't know. Um, I, um, that's, that's, I don't know why we've never talked about this, but I had, I don't think I knew that about you. About public radio or that I don't hate uh, Muslims? <laughs> <laughs> I, both have surprised me. <laughs> no, but I just didn't know you did public radio stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. of course, makes uh, yeah, it makes sense. But but it's interesting. Like, I don't think that I, you know, I was like 26 at the time, 27 kind of thing. I don't think that I had, I knew less about the world then than I do now. And I don't know a ton now. <laughs> um, so I'm sure that I was a terrible interviewer and... Um, and I don't think I had this voice then. Like I don't think I, you know, leaned into the to the rattly deep registers of <laughs> of the gravitas. Um, so I don't know. It was it was a great learning experience, but um, but it was you know it also feels like a thousand years ago. This was like nineteen ninety six seven five six seven maybe yeah. something like that. Were Were you living in Grand Rapids? Uh huh. Yeah, I went to you're from Detroit, right? I'm from. Are Buffalo, you from New York? York. Oh, I grew okay. up in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I went to college in Grand Rapids and gotcha. uh, lived there uh, during school. And then for a few years after, right after college, I went sailing up in Traverse City, Michigan on a schooner for that season. And then the following year out in Camden, Maine. 
Um, and then uh, moved back to Grand Rapids and did a bunch of jobs. Um, and then moved to Detroit in 1997 for the Second City when I got hired by them. Okay. So, uh, so I have to ask, did you, when you were doing radio stuff, was it one of those things where you were like, cool, I guess this is what I'm doing now? Like, I kind of found these jobs? Or was that like, this is my dream, I want to do this? Um, I don't know that I thought it was necessarily, necessarily the end game of everything. Um, but it was an exciting time in radio because I can distinctly remember getting a cassette, uh, like, sample copy of the pilot of a show from WBEZ in Chicago called This American Life wow. and thinking, oh, I could do that for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, if I could do this brand of storytelling and, like, you know, if we could play uh, Booker T and the MGs between every <laughs> segment of, I don't know if that's still the format, but that's basically all yeah. he did at the time. Um, like, everything was off that one album. And uh, it was, you know, just the level of storytelling and... and getting to know these interesting and often flawed characters. And um, that was very cool. That was a special time. Um, there were, you know, flagship shows at the time like Car Talk. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a show that we did a live version of once in Grand Rapids called What Do You Know with Michael Feldman. It was kind of a precursor to maybe Wait, Wait, Don't mm -hmm. Tell Me kind of thing. It was a comedy quiz show kind of thing. Um, and, of course, uh, Garrison Keillor's Prairie Home Companion at the time. But new shows were cropping up, um, like uh, This American Life, and so it did seem fairly interesting. I could, I thought I might have a career in radio, hmm. um, but I didn't have any expectations. Like I knew that you know anything was possible, and I was really excited to see what was out there. So you left there to go to to Detroit, and that's when you were in Second City. Mm -hmm. So were you? Did you look for work in radio in Detroit? No, uh, the Second City uh, pretty immediately became all encompassing. Uh, all encompassing when you. Uh, when you're there, you are generally like writing a new show, rehearsing the current show, performing kind of thing. Um, so I would do the occasional commercial or something, um, but there wasn't a lot of that. There wasn't a ton of that kind of work there then. Um, but no, I, <clears throat> pardon me, I didn't. Um, there wasn't time for another job. Gosh, it's a, do you always hear that uh, like with improv people who are like, cool, yeah, uh, if you, you want to do improv, cool. Then so like for five years... Just you're going to live at the theater yeah, and like get ready to be doing improv every night probably if you can. It's just like stand-up. It's like people talk about like, yeah, you're going to do six years of like finding your voice, doing as much as you can. Like it, it's, a, it's a real thing. It's a grind for sure. But I mean something you love, I'm sure. It is, but I also think it's important to, um, to hate it at a certain point. Like um, I think the thing that has me... Uh, now a, a fairly decent improviser and and uh, fairly decent is fairly ridiculous <laughs> um, and uh, you know having some semblance of a comedic voice is that uh, you especially when you teach improv you spend hours and hours and years and years seeing terrible improv and it it makes you get better like you you, you know to see other people make choices you go oh why didn't that work oh what if they had tried this? What if it had more emotion? What if it had whatever? And then when I moved out here to California in 2001, um, there was not much going on. And so I went, uh, I came out here with a two-man show with my friend Mark Orzeka and that we put up at what was then the HBO Warner Brothers uh, television workspace and uh, put up the show and we were the hottest item uh, in Hollywood for about 72 hours. And uh, then nothing happened. And so I wrote, I, not wrote, I don't think, I may not have had email at that point. I don't even know. 
Um, but I called the theater, uh, a guy who's now a friend of mine, Paul Stein, and said, um, I, you know, if you ever need tech help, like I've stage managed and directed and teched a thousand student shows. Um, there's nothing about that stuff that I don't know. And he was like, what, what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> and I uh, came and stage managed at the HBO Warner Brothers Television Workspace, which was a tiny black box theater on Seward in Hollywood, North Seward. And then that became the Comedy Central stage, and I yeah. stage managed there forever. And there again, uh, we you know three four nights a week we would have shows that would come in from out of town or people that lived here that were putting up, um, you know, showcases or one man shows or two person shows or whatever. And um, I'd be up in the booth watching those go. Nope, they missed it. <laughs> that line was written backwards. <laughs> this word should come last. And it's by seeing you know it's a more passive version of ten thousand hours, but um, it helps I think. It's funny. That's why that explains why when I saw your improv team, uh, you guys were at that. I saw you guys perform oh, at that right. theater. Yeah, um, which is a great theater, and I'm surprised it's not used all the time for everything. It's used for a lot of stuff. Uh, like they do straight theater there on the weekends. Um, they do plays and things. Uh, but yeah, Monday through Thursday, I think they um, they it's used as a showcase house for Comedy Central. So uh, it's great. Um, yeah, you're you're. I love. You saying it's you've got fairly good at improv. You're clearly one of the better people in the world at this uh, thing. That's ridiculous. I don't know that that's true. I believe I believe it wholeheartedly. Todd, I, I have asked you to not kiss ass to the guests. <laughs> I this is like well, I like you know I spent. I'm beginning the, to hate Christmas. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to take sides in this conversation, but I'm beginning to hate Christmas. Gotta win this. <laughs> <laughs> I'd spent time doing improv and just was not good at it. Like it was one of those things where I just got to a point where I was like, okay, I guess uh, this isn't how I'm built, and that's do it more. Okay, no, 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 do but it more. Uh, but it makes sense to me the idea that like watching it, of course, like because y- y- it gives your brain freedom to think without being in the scene. You're not you don't have the energy of being in it, but like having to think through why stuff isn't working, and then you know you have to give notes. I can see that being really beneficial as a as oh a sure. Teacher. I mean, you um, I think it's probably true in all yeah. trades that you learn by like you learn a lot about your own craft by teaching it to others and go like, oh, I do that. Like, I should probably <laughs> stop doing that. Um, but also, um, I grew up playing tennis, and um, tennis, I think, probably more than most undertakings, is a place that, um, like, if you play somebody that's way better than you, you're going to play really well. If you play somebody in tennis that's that's worse than you, that's not as good, you're going to play terrible tennis. And so it always, uh, like, I, I took that to improv and sort of, decided like always play up like play to the height of your intelligence play with people like play with people that scare you play with your heroes and i've had occasion to do that um and it's still daunting what to play with you know scott adsit and kevin dorf and mary pat farrell and um and these people that i've seen on these stages for years uh but it's like it's a great thing and when you come off that going like i wasn't all the way terrible (laughs) you feel like a superhero speaking of playing with People, I'm so I just feel like I'm just walking over anything that you might think. I apologize. Oh no, it's fine. I'll just sit here. It's fine. <laughs> I'm such an asshole. <laughs> I just was thinking about like speaking of playing with people who are crazy great. It's like Ted Danson. Yeah. And I love that uh, every time I watch it, my favorite thing is that, as per usual with you, like your high status over yep. somebody. Like, <laughs> is it hard to take? <laughs> is it hard to take high status no, over high Ted status Danson? Is my resting position. I love it. It's so <laughs> funny. It oh, it's so good. But like over dancing, is it weird to be like in the before the scene, be like Jesus, here's Ted dancing, and then you're like in it, but like listen, buddy. Yeah. Yes. I think I had a <laughs> gradual uh, intro to that because the way my character 
is introduced in the show in season one, um, the, the, like the authentic nature of our status relationship isn't apparent uh, immediately. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't super aware of it. Later, they have me saying terrible things to him. Um, in fact, I just saw a rough cut of an episode that has yet to air, and I say something terrible to him. Um, it is, you know, I think it's only made okay by the fact that when you say it, you see the actor Ted Danson express the pain, and you're like, oh, he can handle this. Like, not, like he takes it so well and seems so, like, oh, shucks about it. Um, but no, th- like, that's... I've said this a thousand times. I am not convinced that I am not in a hospital bed somewhere hooked up to tubes with beeping <laughs> machines surrounding me, having the best of all possible dreams. Oh, like man. these characters that I get to play, um, uh, the character Sean on The Good Place and Kevin Cosner on Brooklyn Nine Nine, and you know some of the some of the juicy tidbits I've been handed in movies recently, like. Um, it simply can't be going this well. Right? I mean, it can't, right? I'm asleep, right? Right? You're on a fantastic show. I know. And it's, it's still, I, I know I've told you this story. I'm not sure if I've told Todd the story. I want to share it because. Forget Todd. But, just tell me. All right. All right. I, I, I would like to at least hear it. Well, so, then stand outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my wife, Kaylin, and I, big fans of The Good Place. We were watching it, and Kaylin, notoriously, she's not great with, like, celebrities, like, knowing who actors are. Sure. So doesn't usually, like, know their names or recognize them even. Uh, and before your character had been introduced, uh, Adam Scott was on there mm-hmm. as, oh, I forget. Trevor. Trevor, yes. And uh, and we loved that character. And then so when he was going away and they were setting up Sean, they kept talking about Sean. They're introing Sean and, like... And then the train pulls up, and you see what we don't know at the time is, you see feet. is your feet. Yeah. Uh, so the part the part that the listener should know is that um, Kalen has met you before, and we've played games Many together. Times. You've yes. been to each other's houses. Yes. yes. Uh, so so she like actually knows. Yeah, you. we're friends. Yeah. Yes. So when the when we see the feet. Kayla and I both are going, oh, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And the camera pans up and we see your face. And then she just screams because it, not only is it a person she recognizes, it's a person she actually knows. Because <laughs> like, normally it could be like it. she blows my mind sometimes at who she doesn't know sure. who they are. Yeah. Like it's like. Robert De Niro, like I sure, probably sure, sure. does, but like oh, it could yeah. be things like that. I'm like, that's a really laudable know. quality, I think. Yeah, to have no like expectation or or dog in the fight of like uh, who that is. Like, okay, I, th- I I think that's lovely. Let's see what this yeah. guy can pull off with his acting. <laughs> Robert De Niro is going to be pretty good. My wife Beth is a little bit that way too. Um, when we first moved out here, uh, we'd see somebody famous. And uh, and I do the eyebrows like look, look, look behind yeah. me, look behind me, look behind me, and um, she'd be like who, and uh, <laughs> and I would say like uh, we lived uh, d- down by the beach and uh, for a time Nicolas Cage had a place there, and um, uh, we were walking one night back to our apartment and uh, we were walking past this open garage and there was a very flashy, super shiny black new Porsche something and next to it was an old low wide finny like probably 56 Cadillac or something also black like really cool looking um, and then there were three men like talk, talking about these cars as we were walking past them this open garage 
and it was uh, two just dudes and Nicolas Cage. And I said to Beth, like, look over there. And she goes, whoa. And I'm sorry, I think actually in this version, in this story, because I once tripped Beth in front of Nicolas Cage on the beach, uh, (laughs) inadvertently, (laughs) she's fine. Uh, But in this version, Beth looked past me with wide eyes and was like, whoa. And I looked and I saw Nicolas Cage and I was like, holy cow, yeah. And I said, that's really cool. And Beth goes, it's the Batmobile. Like all she saw was the car. She didn't even see it. I was like, yeah, but that's Nicolas Cage. And she's like, uh, I guess, yeah. Like, could not have cared less. Could she's not. a Detroit gal. She just, she, I mean, she, she, she wants care. She wants to know about cars. I mean, I think I'd be more excited about the Batmobile than Nicholas Cage. Maybe it wasn't the Batmobile. It was a, it was a it was, <laughs> even better. It was a 1956 <laughs> Cadillac something with big fins on it. It was, it was like, it's a cool car. <laughs> she did not care about Nicholas Cage. Let me be clear. She did not know who Nicholas Cage was. This no. car is unimportant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's uh, let's take that Batmobile on over to Christmas Town here. Oh boy, what do you think of that? <laughs> Could we take it to Segwayville? It's <laughs> um, not on the way. <laughs> <laughs> what are your uh, overall Christmas yay, Christmas nay? Oh, Christmas yay. Um, I uh, Christmas yay with the following caveats. Um, here we go. This is my world. Uh, <laughs> Just um, and I suppose that this will be immediately offensive, uh, probably not to your listenership. Um, like I think Christmas, uh, the spirit of Christmas and giving, and year end and bounty and uh, and that sort of thing, um, divested from religious meanings, uh, is something that I can get behind. Hmm. Um, I think that uh, the the notion of Closing a year and sacrifice and, you know, um, in the O. Henryist sense, like, you know, maybe foregoing something you want for yourself in order to, to get gifts for others is a really lovely mindset and brain pathway. Um, but generally, uh, I've, this has gotten far too technical immediately. <laughs> uh, but yes, generally, Christmas, yay. <laughs> I feel like that's where Thanks we for want. joining us on Felice Navipod. <laughs> this has been These Guys and Me. I think I think we're okay to go that level of deep with it. That makes yeah. Sense. Oh no no, I, I just mean like right out of the gate. Um, <laughs> I grew up in a very religious home. I grew up in a Protestant Christian home, and um, Christmas. I grew up in Buffalo, New York, as well. So like, super white Christmas. There were Christmases oh, that yeah. we were snowed in. That there was you know snow above the first floor windows and stuff. Uh, that we had blizzards and um, the 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 storybook elements of Christmas, uh, uh, Fat Man and sleighs and reindeer and snow and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm sure there are other good places, but Buffalo, New York was the perfect backdrop yeah. to that because yeah. it was, you know, we'd had, had snow usually for a month by then. And you, you know, it's all the trappings that I love too. Like, you know, mold cider and fires in the fireplace. And um, my mother was... Uh, a fairly natural um, uh, entertainer and host and, uh, you know, Martha Stewart, uh, uh, minus the jail time. And um, (laughs) uh, like she was a very, you know, she could take nothing and and you'd come back and it would be this lovely like set up on the dining room table of the perfect amount of everything. And so the... um, we would have people over and my parents had little traditions that were always wonderful. And, um, and it went through phases. Like when I was a little kid, um, my grandmother would always, uh, stay with us Christmas Eve. Like she would, uh, they would make up a room for her and, uh, 
and they were all, you know, lovely trappings of, of family and generosity and also obviously the commercial thing of like, I got a snare drum. <laughs> um, uh, there was a, my family did a thing that was always like, um, you'd get like a lot of uh, stuff that you needed anyway. Um, my birthday's yeah. in August, in late August. And so my birthday was that way too. There was like, oh my gosh, more just school clothes. Yep. Hey, thank you. Happy birthday to me. Um <laughs> And there was definitely that kind of stuff for Christmas too, that like functional stuff. My, I grew up in a family, um, like we didn't have a ton of money or anything. Like uh, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't extravagant. But there was one, it, it would all, the gift giving would lead to one big gift mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so it would be a bicycle. Um, I, there's a photo of me in Buffalo, New York, riding a bis- riding a, a BMX on a shoveled sidewalk <laughs> in the snow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, because you have, like, you got it for Christmas, like, you have to ride it today. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if it's in a blizzard or whatever. Um, but then one year I got a, when I was in like fifth or sixth grade, I got a snare drum the one year and got the rest of the kit the next year. Um, and that was like the big present and the thing that you asked for that like, like pretend you don't know what that snare drum wrapped in wrapping paper yeah, is. Yep. And let's right there on yeah. Christmas morning. Like you have to pretend it's not a sled, you know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like those gifts that, you're like, I bet it's not a football. <laughs> did so you, did did you play drums? Uh huh. Like a lot. Yeah. Was that a? Because I've I've seen you play piano. I've seen you play play flugelhorn. I believe. Sure. Also. Yeah. There's nothing I can't do. <laughs> um, I mean, music is so easy to begin with yeah. that uh, it just. I mean, you should try it because you're probably great at it. <laughs> um. <laughs> um uh, yes, I was uh, starting in fifth grade. I began studying percussion in my elementary school band, and then pretty intensely during something that uh, my school system had. I went to a public school system in Amherst, New York, and they had something called summer music recreation, which was basically day camp, but uh, I think it was five days a week and like hours and hours. And it was a little bit of kickball, but it was a lot of like stagecraft and um, and music stuff. So yeah, I was uh, I studied uh, uh, percussion with you know like private instructors from fifth grade through uh, through like early high school, I think, for percussion. But I played uh, percussion in my high school band and orchestra, and in my college band and orchestra all through my career there. Uh-huh. And then I was in a bunch of crummy bands. I was never that very good. That's what I wanted good. to hear. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Wanted, um, uh, let's hear first band name. What was it? The first band name, I believe, was The Panic. That's a good band name. Yeah, especially um, for first band name. Yeah, I know. I think that's right. Uh, I was in a band called The Chosen. Um, Christian band? No. <laughs> uh, like, all the way no. <laughs> oh, really? Um, uh, I mean that only because I think that the members of that band have grown up to be terrible. Uh, I don't know that that's true. No, but uh, not Christian in the sense that we played songs by the cult, which I remember uh-huh. in my upbringing was like, my mother would be like, oh, who wrote that song? And you're like, a band. Yeah. Because uh, if I had said to my mother, like, oh, it's a band called the cult, she wouldn't have been like, let me um, let me make some calls. <laughs> let me talk to these other boys' parents kind of thing. Turns out you're not allowed to listen to music anymore. Is that yeah. true? No, yeah. that's, yeah, that's oh, how, I mean, in I, my house, oh, that's how we go down. Yeah, It would have gone really poorly. Yeah, I had to hide a Metallica tape. Oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah. Did, yeah. Did you? So wait, was your was the panic like what kind of music was it? Was it like the cult? Is that what? No. the The chosen was the, like the cult, and the chosen also sang like uh, uh, you two like walk away, walk away, I walk away, walk away, I I will follow. Uh, the panic, if I'm remembering this right, was a lot of like Cure and Talking Heads. Uh. Uh, I can remember trying to play 
burning down the house without octobons, <laughs> which uh, like, oh, that mounted Tom gets a lot of action. I was in a few other bands. I was in a band. I played piano in a, in a blues band in college briefly, um, a, a blues band called Fear and Trembling. Oh, boy. The first Kierkegaardian existentialist blues band. <laughs> um, and uh, but there were a handful of other bands. Uh, I never, like, saw much action, though, in high school uh, band-wise. Um, <laughs> uh, the... But the people that I played with did go on to like gig and stuff though. Hmm. Like my thing was mostly, you know, a bunch of guys would get get together in somebody's basement and we'd work up six or eight songs and it was like we got that thing maybe coming up that super is never going to happen. Yeah. And it would never happen. Yep. Um yeah. but like guys I played with, um, still play to this day. I you know, through the wonders of Facebook I can see that um a few different people that I grew up with uh like legitimately shred every weekend or some i think even you know are in uh things for money like oh wow legit great at it huh yeah i i guess i did i think i remember seeing you maybe at like thrilling one time there was like a drum kit i think maybe you oh i can't not touch a drum kit really yeah i feel like you i saw you play like just a beat or something and i was surprised you're like well i played percussion that makes sense oh if there's a drum kit around i'm probably going to play it is there a drum kit here there's an electronic one oh (laughs) (laughs) which i hate the electronic drums but in the situation like this it's kind of all i can have in here i'm sure i i I have a i live in venice and the houses are very close together and i've played a bunch of um roland or elisa's kits to go like it'd be fun to get good again Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. not like ruin my wife's life (laughs) yeah Um, drums are terrible drums are terrible yeah they're they're great I have drums. and they're terrible. My kit, my um, uh, the drums that I grew up with are in storage because I, a where am I going to put them and play them? Um, but yeah, I uh, the kit that I got as a kid I still have. It's a um, oh wow, that's the one you still have. It's a stainless steel snare. It's a knockoff. It's the brand name is Royce. Um, and yeah, I, I'm sure it's a knockoff of a WLD or a Ludwig or something. Um, and I then like I've seen Royce before. And then the kit is a Japanese knockoff of a Ludwig kit, and it's called Majestic Deluxe. Um, <laughs> Andy Paley has a has like various pieces, like you'll see, you know, a really speckly, sparkly floor tom or yep. whatever uh, in his kits before that. I've seen the same brand name. Every once in a while, I'll I'll go on eBay and be like Majestic Deluxe, and uh, you can find the occasional mounted tom, floor tom, snare, even. Um, but it's a great little kit. It's those are the kind of things where like like old JC Penny amps or whatever, yeah. like it just becomes like at the time it was cheap and now just ages on it or the patina of, of whatever and it becomes like, Oh yeah, people love that now. For sure. I have a drum kit like that at the house. I don't have it. My wife has it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean got her a drum kit for her birthday one year. Um and it was like, you know, it was like a two hundred dollar but little junker, but it rules. It sounds yeah. so good. It just is like that's those kits back then just sounded great. They're real Tony, do you know, um, uh, I've been tempted more than once to buy a cocktail kit, like a standing cocktail. Do, I do have one of those in the house. Do you have one? I do, yeah. Do you like it? They're really fun. Because um, it's got kind of that Timbales feel of like you're standing at it, right? Mm-hmm. You still have a kick for the, uh, some play, I think, upwards yep, on the, on the bottom have, of a yeah. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's really cool. Is yours uh, Tama or a... Um... No, honestly, I got like a super cheap one. That's literally great. just off of Amazon. I yeah. was like, I'm just going to try this out. And it's great. Like it's obviously there could be much better ones, but it doesn't sound terrible for as cheap as it was. And, and they're really fun to play. A bunch of outboard rigs for like a small snare and a Tom Tama and then like some probably a splash and a, and a ride. Yeah, the, the one I have is it's like the like giant looking floor Tom that right. doubles as the bass drum. Yep. And then there's a tiny little rack tom and a tiny little snare, and then hi hats and a like splash, yeah. But the hi hat is either open or closed, right? Right. Like you yeah, that's the only. Not a pedal for that. Yeah, there's 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 logistical things about it that you know obviously you can't do everything with them, but sure. they're it's it's really fun. Uh, I uh, use it occasionally for some little gigs I get, and uh, they're really fun. It'd be cool. I'm gonna look into it. Um... I always thought it would be fun when we were doing so many shows back in the day at M Bar and stuff, which was a postage stamp of a stage. I thought like oh, it'd be fun to put a you know, it's a step up from a cajon. Like you yeah. you know like it you give it gives you more options. It feels a little bit more authentic, more fun too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In my opinion, yeah, yeah. That, All right, that's my Christmas gift. Yeah, they do <laughs> to it. myself. I uh, fully fully in, embrace embrace like endorse. Sure. You think Both. Beth would would break her neck if you brought that drum kit in the house and set it up in a room? No, not until I played it, and then, uh, <laughs> um, and I think she would just be like, "Are there other rhythms?" You know, like I think she would come in with a question that would be like a leading, like, "I wish you would stop," um, but she'd be like, um, "How long will you do that before you uh, play something better?" You know, like, I think is would be the nature of it. God. Beth is one of the sweetest people I've met, and she's like also like one of the just most like capable intelligent people like she just is like get shit done oh yeah like she was a veterinarian and then was like i'm gonna do now i'm gonna run a non-profit successfully like she just dominates she's just great yeah but i love she's becoming a landscape architect by the way um entire oh i know we talked about recently of of course she is and guess what she'll be the best one at it she'll be really good at it god almighty yeah she's that's like yeah that sounds right yeah, she's but but I love like her with you is the best because <laughs> she, because my typical resting position of high status <laughs> exactly. is just gutted. But it's because she comes out of a place of like, I don't need to play this game. But here's right. here's what we're doing. It's hmm. this. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> she's so good. Oh, I'm glad you like it. <laughs> uh, she stops. Um <laughs> Um, what were we talking about? Christmas? <laughs> we were we were in Christmas mode. What did we were we got it down the music thing. How do you feel about Christmas music? Uh, love it. Um, legitimately love it. Uh, play it year round. My favorite movie of all time is Home Alone. Hang on. What? You said you play Christmas music year round. I do, round. especially. Uh, and you gave me shit about doing a year round Christmas. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just who I am. Um, <laughs> Look, man, I think you'll find if you were to pot up a little of Vince Guaraldi's Christmas in March or August, it's it it holds its value. Like, yeah. um, it yeah, trans- jazz. It's like it's good. It's jazz, legitimately though. good jazz. Yeah. Uh, but it it tra- it'll transport you to a happy place, and you'll smell cloves and candles and you know garland of of spruce. Um, <laughs> I love it. the The notion of Christmas is really romantic to me. Um, the soundtrack to Home Alone and Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, uh, the John Williams soundtracks, are pretty great. Um, 
you know i forgot john williams did the music for that oh the, put it on right now let's watch it together <laughs> uh they why, do you why have that, it that's so funny why that movie i wonder you just, um, so i uh i talked about this with uh craig kakowski and carla kakowski on their podcast um and i i don't think i realized it until i did i am the youngest of three but by a bunch um my brother's nine years older than i am and my sister's 11 years older than i am so I think I am Kevin McAllister. I see. And I was left alone. Uh, not they didn't go to France, uh, but like my parents, when I was probably ten or eleven, they would start to be like, "You can like we can go to the store, right?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I think in the mind of a ten-year-old, that's you know complete freedom and and autonomy. But also like I can remember being home alone once. It was daylight, uh, but I grew up in this very old house built in the 20s, I think, and just an old wrought iron basement casement window, like, rusted and fell in. So in the in the basement, there was a crash, and uh, and I remember going to the butcher block, getting the largest chef's knife, opening the stairs to the basement, and just thinking, like, if somebody broke in, I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I can do whatever I want now because they are at fault. <laughs> And I think that that, so that's why the second I saw Home Alone as a kid, it was like, oh, I can so relate to this. Like, you can hit them in the head with paint cans or, and make them slip on your micro machines because uh, they came in your house. Yeah, them's so, the rules. Fair game. Yeah, let's yeah. Let's... I think that that's why, like, it tickled me so deeply. I didn't know you had such a deep murder streak that you oh, were, like, yeah, looking yeah, to yeah. get some murder We done. should hang out more. <laughs> um, no, just like, I, I think it, I, I think it was about, boundaries and about yeah. territory and also being like oh they'll be proud of me if i if i totally get these robbers and i'm only a little kid um i don't know i really uh, it's legitimately one of my favorite movies and uh and the soundtrack to it is great um but even um you know some of the some of the uh um religious some of the um the canon music of of the time from church uh, I find meaningful and and lovely too. Um, Ave Maria comes to mind right now, like things like that. You were Protestant though, right? Uh huh. But Buffalo mostly Catholic, or is it a lot of? Protestant? It's a big, uh, big Polish, big Irish uh, Catholic oh, okay. uh, populations, yeah. Italian Catholic populations in Buffalo. Yeah, uh, at the time, I'm sure it's still true. I think uh, not many people leave. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Buffalo, man. I, when I think about Buffalo, when you were talking about before, um, I don't picture it as being like a super like. Uh, I guess when I think of like really Protestant churchy houses, I think of like in the South somewhere, mm. but like in the North, it's so it's, it's a little more Catholic typically in my mind. I think it's got all of it, but yes, Buffalo is an older city yeah. and um, most of my, not most, a lot of my friends growing up were Catholic, um, which we, I was so jealous of because they got to leave school early on Monday afternoons for CCD or whatever it was, uh, some sort of Catholic, you know, uh, youth group indoctrination and yeah. then they could get church out of the way at like 5 p.m. on Saturday and could have sleepovers on Saturdays into Sunday right. I had to go to church every Sunday morning uh, and so we couldn't do that the rule in my house was if you had a friend sleepover on Saturday they had to come to church with us on Sunday I was like game over yeah like, so we'll like, so then just so agree, that'll never happen no saturday <laughs> yeah. night yeah i thought you were gonna say that you were jealous of of your catholic friends because of like all the all the uh tradition and the church. i could see you even as a kid walking to catholic church and be like i'm on board with these this. are my people yeah i could see that <laughs> no my mother later in her life uh uh 
definitely leaned into that. Uh, we went to a, you know, I grew up in a uh, an independent Baptist church, mm-hmm. and it was just a fairly, you know, uh, uh, there weren't big trappings of any one particular Protestant de- denomination. But later in her life, my mother really did like the liturgical music and the pomp and circumstance of the Episcopal Church. Yep. She got, Episcopals are basically uh, Protestant Catholics. Yep. And, uh, and she did like the, you know, commu- the way that they presented communion and the formality and the the uh, book of prayer and that sort of thing. Yeah. You want to do the dance sometimes. You want to like, you're like, let's do, let's have a little tradition behind what we're doing. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That, that makes sense. I could see it. Whoa, is it fun to buy stuff on the internet? I go to amazon.com all the time. Sometimes I buy me a Jimmy's chicken shack record. Sometimes I buy a live bag of crickets. I don't know what the hell I'm going to buy, but if I do that, I'm not going straight to Amazon.com. I'm going to FeliceNavipod.com and then clicking on that banner because that'll help the show. So please do it, ding dongs. We want to move forward. Yeah, we can do that. Okay. To I, what? I, <laughs> <laughs> we've been moving forward this whole time. We're getting better every second. Mm-hmm. Um, well, how about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna let our guests choose. Mm. We could. Uh, this is where we I'll decide if I play choose. some. <laughs> <laughs> We play some games sometimes. One is kind of a game. One is one is basically just list. So here we go. You could either play the Christmas quiz with us. We'll okay. just do some Christmas trivia. Sure. Or Christmas trivia. <laughs> or I just found out. Uh, I have not even heard any of this yet. I thought maybe it would be a thing we could all explore together if we wanted to go this route. There is new in 2018. There is a new William Shatner Christmas album. Oh, good heavens. So, <laughs> if we want to check out some selections from that, we could uh, see how we're feeling on that, or we um, could play some trivia. I mean, obviously, uh, the only choice is Shatner. Yeah. Uh, but can I can I get can I see at least one example of what a Christmas trivia question oh, is? Oh yeah. Well, like, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, or we, am I blowing a gag for no, a no, 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 guest? no, not at all. This is a recurring set, and okay. you're going to get the full experience yeah, then if we're going to go oh, down this route. So, yeah. all right. <laughs> so it's, we're going to play the Christmas quiz then, and uh, it has a theme song. But the theme song also has a theme song. And the real theme song. We're gonna find out how smart you is when you take the Christmas quiz. I have some grammar notes. <laughs> Who do you think might suggest writing a theme song for a theme song? Uh, besides Ben Acker, uh, boom, bingo, really? Yep. Oh that gosh, came, that came. Wait, did I really get that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, it's I love so, how easily it's so on the nose for him. Like yeah. it is his wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> I don't know. What, I cannot figure out what his thing is, but every time I, I find it, I'm like, yeah, 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 for sure. Oh, thank God, there's somebody whose brain works that way because yeah. mine does not. <laughs> it's yeah, so weird in there. That's really funny. Yeah, that guy's ridiculous. <laughs> well, uh, in this instance. Oh, you have I cards. literally just have some cards that uh, my mom found at a garage sale. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we uh, used them for the first time recently. Some of them are terrible, mm. like way too easy, and some of them way too hard. There seems to be no in-between. All right. By the way, this is our third deck of Christmas trivia quiz cards. Wow. Yeah, yeah you wouldn't think there would be that many. I'm still perplexed by just the category. I can't wait to see what well, this we, is like. Yeah, I, I used, I used <laughs> like, to... Like, is this about, like, reindeer names? Yeah, that can be part of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I swear to God, this was the card that was on top of the pile. Uh-huh. I did no preparation here. Name all nine of Santa's reindeer. <laughs> oh, boy. 
sleepy. <laughs> uh, uh, Donner, Blitzen, Rudolph, Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen. Holy shit, that's seven. Wow, that's pretty uh, good. Hang on. You're going in like a strange order. I know, I know. I, I don't have the hit, the song in my head. Right? Is that yeah, the song? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Undance, on on I thought this was a gimme. Undancer. Uh, oh, nice. I'm feeling good about seven. Undancer, uh, on Prancer, and Vixen. On Don. And Zrixon is a golf ball. Um, that's not. Uh, <laughs> For a bonus point, that's on there. Uh, that's all I have. Can I guess two? Yeah. Yeah, hop and, in I, there. and as I'm saying this, like I can't believe this, that this might be it. Comet and Cupid. Yes, nice. Comet and Cupid. Is Cupid one? No, it's actually Scott. Okay, uh, Scott and Brandon. Yeah, you're right. What, it's Cupid. What? Comet and Cupid. I never Donner thought, and Blitzen. I never thought through the names. Cupid. What yeah, it's kind of weird. That name it. Yeah. But then Vixen. Is Although there? interesting crossover. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sure. who knows? It, the the multiverse is wide open. <laughs> <laughs> Physics and Christmas. Shall I combo? guess the category of the next card as well? <laughs> Should please try. I would love to see this. Uh, name all five spices in uh, Ch- Chinese five spices. <laughs> uh, this one, this one, also too easy and a little more modern. Hmm. The character Jack Skellington features in which Tim Burton animated movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. There you go. Yeah, we started watching that for uh, uh, every year now. We wa- Sarah and I watched that to to like we started watching it in between uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving. That's like our tradition now. It's a good one. It's a pretty one. That's right. It's pretty it's pretty movie. really great to look at. Yeah. Um, I want to find one that's not so. Uh, Don't go we'll too do. hard because yeah, the we'll do. first one wasn't. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I'm surprised you think that was so easy. I don't think. All right, we'll just we'll just do one more, and then we'll we'll get some Shatner in here. Uh, this one is just invented in Germany in 1610. What was the original color of tinsel? Hmm. Um, I'm going to say uh, white. Would you like to guess, Todd? I'm here. I'm gonna guess green because I'm gonna guess that it was for the Browns. purpose. Of, what's that? Oh, okay. Of looking like uh, needles on a pine tree, like oh. supplemental. Would you guys each like to keep naming colors? <laughs> um, no, I don't care about this. <laughs> Good, because the answer is silver. Oh, so, so that's the, misleading. Did, yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> hey, I didn't write the cards, but that was the Christmas quiz. We just found out. How smart she was Cause you took the Christmas quiz Alright That's also There's also Did some they say quiz? <laughs> they did say that Yes I'm not I'm not sure I want to do this podcast <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little Bill Shatner Could change your mind Time will tell Billy Shatz <clears throat> I mean it's gotta be great Right He has uh, Let's see here He has Some collaborations On this record With uh should we just start right up top and hear Jingle Bells? Are we doing an audio review? Is that what this is? Uh, you know, I, I didn't want to, you know, we often do the terrible Christmas songs, right. but I thought maybe who maybe, maybe it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, let's experience is. it together. So let's just check out little Jingle Bells featuring, who do you think is featuring on Jingle Bells? Shaquille with, O'Neal. Oh, Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> 
either of us get it right? Henry Rollins. No. Yep. At least they got a good orchestra. I think Henry Rollins is the most yes and in his career of any, like, hey, Henry, you want to do this? Yep, put me in it. Through the snow on the one horse open sleigh, or the fields we go laughing all the way. Bells on bobtail ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to laugh and sing the sleighs on tonight. Who is this for? That's what I was just. Who's buying this? That's exactly what I want to know. As we as we listen to this, I just want to remind everyone: Henry Rollins toured in a van with Black Flag <laughs> wherein he would get out of the van and probably get in fights during his shows. I have a question. So, who directed Shatner to expel all air before each verse and then deliver it through his throat voice? That's a really odd presentation. Also, yeah. you got to take that click down a few, right? Like, it's too fast for him. Yeah. Right. It's that's too right. fast for him. I feel like that's yeah. like to get them in and out quicker. They were just like, look, let's just speed this thing up. Um, when I was in college uh, in 1988, 89, I worked at American Eagle Outfitters in the Woodland Mall in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the terrible uh, faux strings at the top of that really took me to uh, the music that we would play in the store, especially at Christmas time. We had these big carts, these big non-eight tracks, but basically that, um, and that would play on a loop. And sometimes I'll hear, um, you know, some of the, like, pop Christmas music. I can't name a single song off the top of my head, but there are things that it's like, oh, I can can feel lamb's wool. Like, I I can feel the feel of folding a sweater when I hear the song. And that terrible synth strings at the top of that was was all of that. Did you, like, you must have hated that shit by the end of the holiday season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When, when... How many seasons did you do retail in Christmas? At least, at least two, maybe three. I did it in, at Apple, and man, I remember as soon as the Christmas music started. Yeah, I remember just being like, it was like the, the most depressing day. Mm-hmm. It was just like, well, here we go again. It was the it's part of the reason I hate Christmas. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, I I can't believe Henry Rollins said yes. This it's still blowing my mind. Now was he singing the hook there? I don't know. Was that's that him screaming him. the hook? Yeah, it's definitely he was definitely our jingle bellman. Should should, should I th- like go back in for a little more? Yeah. Oh my is gosh. This, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're there. Oh, I didn't mean the same song. No, I have no interest. <laughs> oh yeah, there because yeah, he's screaming it. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then so. he made that, but that's a choice he made. Like they went in, like, hey, you want to do this? He's like, sure, I'll sing it a little bit and then I'll scream. Uh, oh was it Blue Christmas featuring Brad Paisley more down uh, the that road you want to go? feels mm. right to me. That feels right to you? All well, right. That feels more accurate than Henry Rollins on Jingle Wow, oh. this storm is never going to end. Oh, man, the snow is piling up. We're stuck here. We're stuck at... Hey, is that Brad Paisley? I wish there was a little more yeah, reverb on him Brad talking Paisley. in a room. He's stuck here, too. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Was this compiled from just other things he said? In I'll life? be so blue, <laughs> just thinking about you. 
Yeah, he said these are just all Star Trek lines. Oh, there's Brad. You guys have any guesses on what the name of this album is? It won't be the same day. Shatner ruins Christmas. <laughs> Shatner claws. No, really trying real hard there. That's tough. Unknock the door. I just left. <laughs> <laughs> Unknock the door. <laughs> yeah. All right. Brad Paisley, I'm surprised. He must have Christmas albums of his own. Oh, I've got to imagine. I yeah, feel like any better. pop country he, guy probably has multiple. He has an airplane. Sarah, Sarah's met him some and says he's both a phenomenal musician and a super nice guy. I've heard he's an incredible guitar player. I can't yeah. say I've explored too much to... Uh, He's. Uh, I've met him as well. Uh, his uh, wife, uh, Kimberly Williams, was on a television show with a friend of mine. I've met him a few times. Um, seems very nice. Bit of a weenie. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> what yeah. do you mean by How that? so? Like I think. Uh, I w- I think that probably over omelets tomorrow morning. Like uh, not a country leading man, but like kind of a nebbishy dude. <laughs> this was f- this was ten years ago, fifteen years ago, but. Um, I like this like not, you know, not like a dude. <laughs> kind of a weenie. Kind of I'll a say weenie. It. Yeah, that was my experience. That was like, oh, you there's a nerd right underneath that. Like there's a yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone put a someone put some boots on a guy. He's like, I guess I'll wear these then. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a weenie. <laughs> He's gonna be so mad when he hears this. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Kimberly. Um. Well, but you see it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, right? I mean, you you see what I'm saying. This record also. I don't know who a lot of these featured people are. Uh, who is? Do you guys know who Rick Wakeman is? You if, know you, who, if you don't, Danny I, Bander. Are any of these names <laughs> ring a bell? Doesn't seem real. These are pseudonyms for people ashamed to have done oh done the album. Well, I'll we, do it, but put me down as Danny Bander. <laughs> I feel like we got to at least hear a hint of Silent Night featuring Iggy Pop. Oh, no. Silent Night. Oh, gosh. See, this oh, is more God. what I expected of the sure. Shatner album. All is calm. Oh, gosh. Is he All in the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> All is calm. I, I'm, I really, the, the amount Brown of reverb children. on these, it, it drives Mother me child. nuts. Like why? Why should I need to picture him in a cave? Because so you're, it's meant to transport you to a small cathedral on the outskirts of an English town. You weren't invited, so you're staying in the back. Because <laughs> you, your daughter, you have been on the outs with your daughter, and yeah. her husband doesn't approve. Sleep <laughs> in heavenly peace. I do like. It keeps coming to me what you said, Tony. Is who? Who is this for? Like, yeah, who's, who's the target? This. Oh, here we go. Is this Danny Bander? No, this is Iggy Pop. Son of God, I, I gotta be honest, it really bothers me to hear Iggy Pop sing about Jesus. It breaks my brain. Uh, Danny well, Bander, it turns out, is a country singer. All right. D-A-N-I. Yep. Is it a lady? It's a man. It's a man. Yeah. Sounds like a weenie to me. Yeah. <laughs> 15 years ago But I'm sure he's the same guy <laughs> What's the other person's name? Danny Bander Who's the other one? 
Rick Wakeman. I feel like Rick Wakeman sounds like a guy. Rick Wakeman sounds like a famous water skier. <laughs> <laughs> Those are words that don't belong together. He changed his last name. Had to. Yeah. There's two on the nose. He used to be Rick Butler, yeah. but I've got into the wake. Yeah. Uh, He's the Dallas Reigns of water skiers. With a man named Mountain. Oh. With a man I, named Reigns. <laughs> I say he sounds like Rick Wakeman sounds like the name of a guy in an 80s rock band. And sure enough. He was in the band Yes. Oh. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. All right, well, uh, let's just close it out because I'm curious now. There's Jingle Bells again featuring Henry Rollins, parentheses, punk rock version. Oh, no. Okay, you guys, he's here. Okay. Come on. Bam. Go. Dashing go, 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 through go. the snow on a one-horse Get open ready. sleigh. We're going now. We're going now. We go. go. Laughing all the way. Hells on Those two have never met. Uh, they were not in the same room. There's no way. Why, what, what is he urging the band to do? Let's go, let's go, let's go. Are they in a situation where they're quickly setting up to play a gig? Or the room's on fire? Uh, <laughs> what happened? Um, I don't know. The, the psychodramas that lead into this are not that great. Like I with the one with Brad Paisley of like, oh, no, the weather's so bad we're stuck here. Like I feel like you have to have like, uh, American Airlines. Like you have to have the ambiance of an airport terminal or su- or a train station, right? This Maybe is... trains because it's Christmas. But like, where are you stuck? Seven Eleven? Like, what just happened? Uh, I would like. These are not well orchestrated psychodramas that lead as Imagine the premise. Imagine that. I would like a uh, an album called uh, Mark Evan Jackson Improv Coaches Your Record. Yeah, <laughs> he gives notes on like oh, yeah. here's why this scene doesn't work. Yeah, that's what's that's what's <laughs> happening here. That's crazy to me. That's terrible. Like, hurry, he's here, he's here. Is it a surprise party? <laughs> okay, guys, let's do this again. Uh, make a choice on who you are to each other mm-hmm. and where we are, and right. let's start there. Well, see, I, I know, you know, you you played music, but not in a professional level necessarily. A lot of times what you don't know is a lot of uh, recording sessions are surprises. <laughs> <laughs> Every record I ever did, I never knew. You're yeah. like, I was, ahead of time, I was like, Wait, we were just today? going to lunch. <laughs> You got five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> um, yes, I think that this was uh, not well thought out. Um, this is a current release. This is a came current... out this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would uh, suggest to you that Henry Rollins and William Shatner have never been in the same room. Yeah. Like yeah. that was recorded wild, separate from one another. Oh, right? Yeah, no question. They're nowhere on each other's. And the fact that they wouldn't play one for the other, and that the other could meet it. Yeah. Like, right. And sing along with it, like you could hear yeah. it once and then do it. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like I see. I feel like Rollins was first. Rollins came in, did his thing, and then Shatner was like, "Just play for me. I'll, I'll work around him." Don't you think? Maybe. I just see. I could see him going and just not knowing how to match tone to that. I don't. Um, I'm not sure why this was made. Yeah, I still don't know. This year, like for for this. Talk about your podcast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> fair. You're asking the eternal Absolutely question. Absolutely fair. That's the question everyone asks. <laughs> it, it, 2018 for this Christmas. 2018 for this. So Christmas. we hey we who knows by the time this podcast comes out, it's possible that this is a huge hit. Double platinum. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee it. I'm looking forward to the tour, the Shatner Rollins tour. 
That w- they'd have to meet. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You get it's two nights. You come one night for Shatner, the next night for Trump. Like the cover, of course, is just William Shatner in a Santa hat, and then it says Man. Shatner Claus, and then under it, the Christmas album. You really need to add that. Yeah. So not clear. Oh. He cover. looks like Dennis Hoff, the recently deceased owner of the Bunny Ranch or whatever. <laughs> he's wearing Ray-Ban aviators in a Christmas. This is... Well, that just shows, you know, he's rock like, and roll and cool. Kind of looks like Flanny mm. from Largo a little bit. Mm. He's 87 years old. Not no, he's not, he's not, not, no, it doesn't look... Um, I've worked with William Shatner. I did a week of work with William Shatner on a show called Psych back uh, a long yeah. time ago. And um, he was really great. Is, uh, yeah. Really? Like he was, this is, he was probably 80 then, and he sat down a little bit more than the rest of us did, uh, but he was there and taking notes and doing it and um, trying different things each take and was really kind of cool. And um, I remember uh, the week that we had was like Wednesday to Tuesday or something. It bridged a weekend, and the we, uh, the show shot up in Vancouver, and the... Uh, one of the nights that uh, I was there, he went, I saw him at the end of the day, and he was like, what are you going to do for dinner? And I said, I don't know, what are, you, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm not sure. And I went back to my hotel and ordered room service, and moments later, turned on the uh, Stanley Cup finals when the Canucks were playing the Bruins, and there he <laughs> there he was at the game. He was like, you knew you were going to this game. It was like two hours ago. You knew you were going to a Stanley Cup playoff game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, well, Mark, thank you so much for doing this nonsense. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Anything you want to uh, plug? Yes, I'm going to play uh, that cocktail kit. Oh, you mean oh. Uh, Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. uh, depending on when this comes out. Uh, yeah, this will probably be December 5th or oh, or, or 12th, something like that. If um, it, uh, With Hope, tickets are no longer available, but we are doing a, uh, a benefit for my Detroit improv charity. I run a children's arts charity in Detroit called the Detroit Creativity Project. Our flagship program, the Improv Project, teaches students in Detroit ages 8 to 18 uh, to improvise. It's a very life-affirming, uh, confidence-building, uh, attendance-improving, and reading skills-improving uh, uh, art form that we have been sharing with the students of Detroit since 2012. Please check out dcpimprov.org. Uh, and we're doing a show to benefit uh, involving some of your favorite cast members from a certain afterlife-based unusual half-hour of American network television at the Palace Theater on December 14th. I can't um, believe you got the cast from Highway to Heaven. It's true. <laughs> uh, check out my uh, Twitter at Mark Evan Jackson, M-A-R-C-E-V-A-N-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. Uh, please check it out. And uh, with hope tickets are no longer available by the time this drops, but they may be. Nice. That, uh, if you can, if, if for some reason you see uh, Mark is in your town for any reason, go to that show. You'll be glad you did. Um, if you're not an improv person that you've never seen it before uh i apologize that you will have seen the best one of it and then <laughs> going forward we'll Ridiculous. not be able to see things anymore um but uh mark i gotta say before we close it up i've known you for like i've really i've known you for a long time now. uh-huh like through thrilling adventure hour was around sure. back in the day but um you're always so great on that show uh on on thrilling it was just always like god this dude was running this thing he just knew how to oh, rock you. that thing. And uh, so seeing your success 
more and more and seeing you in things, it's always like it never is a surprise. Like, it's always just like, mm-hmm, here's oh, here's nice. the right path. Uh, but it it's exciting to see for you, and uh, you deserve it. You're you're great at what you do. Thank you very much. May this coma never end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Subscribe, please, uh, listeners. Subscribe to the show. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Felice Navi Pod. Uh, if you want more episodes, oh, Felice Navi Pod. Okay. Had you not, <laughs> did I not tell you the name of it? <laughs> uh, if you want ba- uh, <laughs> weekly bonus episodes, patreoncom slash Pod. Five dollars a month will get you weekly bonus episodes, and uh, that's about it. But before we let you go. Uh, we have a question that we like to ask everyone that we sometimes forget. Um, so a friend of the show, Dave Clock, uh-huh. his uh, two favorite things in the world are hockey and sandwiches. Oh. So much so that a friend made a back patch for his jacket with two banners that said hockey and sandwiches. Mm. What would your two things for your back patch say? What would the two things for my back patch say? Um... I think it would be improvisation and schooners. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. So oh, that much. was much easier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also, uh, gonorrhea. <laughs> oh no. 